welcome to the City Rev Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Augusto, and we've got Pastor Justin Chades uh, here with us to lead us in our fifth episode of our series, uh, Battling Pornography. Uh, in this uh, series, what it entails, what, what we've been going through, uh, just talking about various issues surrounding pornography. So, uh, Justin, if it's if it's fine, you mind yeah. giving us a recap of yeah where we've been in the series yeah and it's great and i'm glad that you're here jeremy you're someone who serves in our student ministry our young adult ministry and uh so let me give a little recap and then we could talk about where we're going today you know we started this conversation with episode one with really making the case for why we need to be talking about this why this is an important conversation uh that we bring into the light and it's so often clouded in um in in silence and feeling like i can't bring this up there's so much shame wrapped up in it and so we need to talk about this the second episode we talked about why pornography is so harmful and dangerous Um, when god calls something sin he's not just doing something arbitrarily just saying randomly this is a good thing and then if you break this rule it's a bad thing like as as though there's no reason behind it there is wisdom god designed life to flourish a certain way and pornography brings harm into our lives. And we t- then we spent the last two episodes, episodes three and four, talking specifically about how do we overcome uh, the temptation of pornography, addressing it from the heart, the heart level, addressing, you know, the desires in us that would lead us to those impulses. And then we also addressed it practically. What are some things that we can do? What are some tools we can implement to help us uh, overcome that? So that's kind of where we've been. That's so good. Um, today, uh, specifically, we're going to be, uh, addressing the next generation yep. more in a parental standpoint and yeah. how to engage those conversations. If, um, kids have been, uh, watching it or, yeah. uh, just questions, concerns regarding that, um, that topic. Yeah. So if you mind giving us an overview of what will be discussed. Yeah. So episode. let me give a roadmap. You know, if you're a parent, um, you are involved in the lives of young people, this episode, we want to lay out uh, a few things. I'm going to give you four categories that we're going to talk about. Number one, we're going to talk about uh, what is the, the parent's calling? What, what is your assignment from God? Second, we're going to talk about God's design for sex. Uh, we're going to talk about what God says in his word about that. Third, we're going to talk about how do you plan preemptively to have strategic conversations with your children and when you should have them, right? And then uh, fourth, planning your reactive approach, which is when you find out, you know, if you find out uh, or your kid shares with you that they saw something, how do you respond? And so I want to talk about it in those kind of four categories okay so let's start with the first one the the parents calling yes so i think it's important to start here with parents calling because this is one of those conversations that if you're just going through the day-to-day life as a family you don't stumble upon thinking you know what i you know what i just need to have this conversation about sex about pornography about the internet let me have that today, right? Like in the flow of life, we have so many things happening. We are running around. We got a lot of responsibilities. And if we don't intentionally remember our calling as parents in the lives of our children, we might miss out on 
uh, what is one of the most critical areas in terms of forming our children into the image of Christ and discipling them and raising them to maturity, we are the ones called by God to be the primary spiritual influence in their life. And so we need to be ready to have that conversation. Uh, you'll remember, Jeremy, in school, there's always that time of year. Uh, usually parents get a little notification yep. in the mail. Hey, the school is uh, going to be talking about human sexuality. You know, you got to sign a consent form or whatever. Yep. And um, what we would say is, if you're a parent, that's your cue that you need to have that conversation first. You may say to your children, you know, a viable option as a Christian is to say, okay, they're going to be talking about this at school. Before he talks, you know, my teacher or my student's teacher talks to them at school, I'm going to sit down with them and I'm going to have the conversation. Pointing them to God's word, have that conversation with them and not let the school or social media or their friends define for them this very important area. So we have to be aware, yes, the conversation is going to be awkward. Mm. It's not a comfortable, easy conversation for most people to have. Typically, kids don't enjoy having the conversation. It feels strange to them. But when it comes to this, we just have to realize this is what we have been called to. We have been called to be the primary influence in their life. And so if I approach it and my tone and body language and demeanor communicate to my son or daughter um, that I'm a safe person to talk to about this, Mm. that I'm on their side, that I love them and care for them, that God loves them and cares for them, and I open up that door, you know, that's where we want to get to. We want our children to see us as their parents, as the safest people to bring their questions, uh, to build trust with them. And so uh, one of the best ways to do that is to even just reiterate and say, hey, listen, your, your, your friends may know. You might see something on a, on a video one day, you know, that talks about this. But I, I'm really the person. I, I'm the, I know, you know, any question that you want to ask, I, come to me. You can ask any question. I, I, I won't be angry at you. I'll, I'll share with you. Yeah. Come to me. We want to be the safest people for our kids to go to so that we do go to them rather than them going to chat GPT, Google, or YouTube yeah. to get their questions answered. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect segue into this next section, just highlighting the importance of the parent's role regarding this topic. Yeah. Um, and as far as facilitating the conversation, again, going into our next point, like understanding the purpose, the, d- the design that God yeah. has for sex. Yeah. Um, which I think will really help the conversation. Yeah. You know, go. So. Yeah, because we're, we're having a conversation about battling pornography. But in the context of that, we have to teach our children God's good design for sex. Um, you know, it's, it's not helpful to just give our kids a bunch of bad things that they should not do. Yeah. We should also cast vision for and paint a picture of what God has said is good and beautiful and will lead to life. Yeah. And so it's important in, in this conversation, as parents, it's not just us warning them pornography is bad. It's in the context, that's in the context of us teaching God's good design for their bodies and their desires. The the desires they have, especially if you've got teens, the body, the experience and desires, those hormones that rage during uh, during puberty, yeah. they are normal, right? They, they they happen to every human, and God has created a relationship 
where those desires are intended to be fulfilled and enjoyed and stewarded and, and, and lead to life and love and intimacy, and that's marriage. And so we want to make sure that we are not making sex out to be, with our good intentions, this scary, gross, taboo thing that's super awkward to talk about and communicate to them that this is just something that is covered with shame and with warnings of, of threats of what would happen to you. We want to make sure that we say, you know, God, God made us, he made our bodies and God didn't make a mistake with the way that he designed yeah. us. And so give them that vision for a loving relationship with their future spouse. That is a good and beautiful environment for those sexual desires to be enjoyed. And it is worth trusting God and taking him at his word, believing that that is the place for that. And uh, the, best, the best possible case scenario to do this, some families aren't able to do this, but is dads taking their sons under their wing and having that conversation, having that talk, right? And moms with their daughters. It's the best way to establish that. Now, if you're a single parent and you have uh, kids that are the opposite sex than you, then you, God has given you what you need. You, you are not in a place where you're, you know, you're less than somebody else. What I would say to you is, this is where the family of God, the church can step in is there a godly male that can step into your son's life if you're a single mom, uh, a pastor, a ministry leader? Um, is, there, is there someone who can also, you as, as a parent can have to an extent that conversation with your, your kids, even the opposite sex. They're, they're your children. But there is a dynamic of understanding a man to a, a, young, a young boy becoming a man and a woman to a, to a young girl becoming a woman that is really, I think, biblical and is, is beautiful. There's this empathy and understanding of what's happening with your body. And, um, and so having that conversation is so important. And so uh, God, when he comes up with his word, or that's the wrong way to say it, when God expresses his will through his word, he is not just creating random rules so that he can slap you on the wrist when he does something wrong. He is giving us his will and desire that leads to life. And we want our kids to know that and believe that. We want to make sure we have not given them the impression that his word and his ways are, you know, just these difficult rules that they have to keep or else. Um, there is the heart of the father is expressed in his word. The heart of the Father for His children is expressed through His design, and we want to give them that positive vision and display that. Okay, wow, that's that's powerful. Uh, now, as far as having a preemptive approach, what would that look like? Yeah, yeah. So when when I talk about a preemptive approach, and then after we'll talk about kind of that reactive approach, what we need to settle in our minds as parents is, I need to go ahead and decide now, when am I going to have the conversation? And then to what level am I going to have the conversation? I'm not going to wait until an issue comes up and then address it. Um, there, you know, it's like fireproofing your home versus calling the firefighter to put out a fire. Uh, it's not a perfect analogy, but the idea is, you know, 
we set things up. We hopefully have good electrical systems in our home. We uh, have smoke detectors that can alert us before a fire that's bad emerges. Like we want to preemptively prepare our sons and daughters to, to have victory in this area. And so a general rule of thumb so that you know, okay, how, when do I really need to have this conversation? I think a lot of parents, you know, if you've got a, an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, you know, when is the right time to have uh, what's known as the sex talk, right? Um, well, to what extent is the age appropriate time? And here's kind of a general rule of thumb. Before, without a doubt, before they have access to the internet or are in unsupervised conversations with kids who have access to the internet, mom, dad, you have to have the talk. Uh, if they are in regular conversations, now the age appropriate talk to, to the extent that they understand, and there's great resources, we'll talk about a few of them that help you have some sense uh, for how to do that. But the internet it opens up Pandora's box when it comes to this. We have to be vigilant and purposeful and intentional to lead the way and get out ahead of this. So early elementary, um, it's wise. Even like, uh, you know, five years old, six years old, seven years old, a great uh, book resource that we've used in our home that we've shared before at our church is a book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And introducing that concept of good pictures and bad pictures at an early age, hey, to, to a child and say, hey, you know, sometimes we may come across something, whether on TV or something we see someone hands to us in front of us, and it's a bad picture. It's showing something that, you know, uh, if we're out at the pool or at the beach, our bathing suits would cover. And something that's personal to us. It, God made our bodies and those parts of our, our bodies they're very personal. That's why we wear a bathing suit over them. And so that's a bad picture. And so here's what you do. If you ever see a bad picture, you just walk away from it and then just let mommy or daddy know. And with that level of calmness, without uh, heaping shame on their bodies, you don't want them to make th to think that you know their body parts are, are shameful and bad. That's not the case. Um, but by introducing this category, good pictures and bad pictures, and then inviting them, directing them, hey, let me know if, if you ever see this, let daddy know, because I, I want to make sure that we're honoring others and that you're, you're always looking at good things. You know, the Bible says that we are to consider and think about what is lovely and good and pure and praiseworthy. So at early elementary, it's helpful to even start those conversations. Even if that sounds like, wow, that's kind of early. We talked yeah. about this in one of the first episodes. The, the average age of exposure to pornography has gotten younger and younger and younger and younger. It is not uncommon for an eight-year-old to be exposed to pornography. And so we need to be able to be vigilant. So that general rule of thumb, definitely before they have access to the internet or are around kids who, are, who have access to the internet, because just assume if there is unsupervised access to the internet, which you shouldn't, I mean, it's unwise to do that with a young child to begin with, but certainly you need to be out front of that and having those conversations or else you're saying in essence, I'm comfortable with whatever the internet or whatever my kids' friends who have the internet teach my kids about this topic. And then what I would say is when, when, you, when you do give them access to the internet, Let's say they get their first phone. Um, then you need to let them know the responsibility that is and parent them through that, lead them through that. 
Uh, I've learned so much from watching so many uh, parents, even uh, staff members on our team, share how they're walking their kids through that, having them have a phone for the first time and letting them know that, hey, this is a responsibility. And it's wise to have at the beginning, have it open, say, hey, listen, at any time I can look at your phone or have software that makes it clear what's what's there on the phone. Just let them know that this isn't a place for secrets. Um, then I'd say in middle school, if you have middle school students, uh, this is especially where they have those regular uh, body sexuality conversations. By that point, parents, we need to have been the voice that has shaped mm. their foundation for sexuality, God's design. And we want that uh, dialogue, that door opened uh, for us to be able to speak into our children's lives in this area. Uh, you know, middle school is a season of life where their bodies are changing. It's a season of life where they're questioning things for the first time. And so we want to be uh, not reactive. We want to be preemptive in facilitating these. And then this this continues on into high school. Mm. We want trust to be built. We want to be the safe person they can come to. So those are some things to consider as we think about preemptively. How do we think about when is the right time? What do I share? Um, what does that look like? There, there are great resources out there. I would look at um, Focus on the Family has some good resources as well uh, in terms of age-appropriate ways to talk about sexuality, your body. Um, there's some resources. And like anything that we read, we should always read uh, looking to Scripture, making sure that it, you know, that it lines up with what God's Word says. Um, there's no infallible resource other than the Bible. And so these tools that we look to are helpful ways for us to think about and prepare us to have some of these conversations. Okay. Now, we've done the planning. We've done the preparation. Yeah. We've executed. What if they fall short and they watched pornography? Sure. And the parent found out. Yeah. Or the child with courage shares, confesses. Yeah. Yeah, th th this is so important, and it's important for you to decide beforehand as the parent, hey, here's going to be my plan. Um, at age nine or age eight, I'm going to do a, a trip with my son, and we're going to talk about these various topics, and one of the things is we're going to talk about this, and we're yeah. going to talk about, we're going to have the talk, right? Um, it's important to preemptively plan beforehand, but it's also important beforehand to decide how will I respond if and when my child confesses this to me or I find out about it. Mm. And I think the categories we need to think through are number one, the gospel, love, grace, and truth. We love our children. When that moment comes, they need to know we love them. They need to know the grace of Jesus. They need to know the truth of what God's word says. They need to know the dangers of sin. They need to know and be led through what it means to repent and to trust Jesus. And you need to walk them through all of those things. Uh, grace and truth are, are not enemies. They are close friends. And so it is possible to, in the same conversation, talk to your child with grace, love, affection, and also talk to them about the way that sin brings death and how 
running in that direction is not going to bring them life and joy. It's not what God wants for them. It is not for their good. So so we need to be able to have that. Decide beforehand, I will de- demonstrate the love, grace, and truth of Jesus. I think also you need to just resolve you're going to end that conversation. If they are the ones who share it with you, you need to thank them. Say thank you for trusting me with this. Thank you for sharing, you know, if it's not this, your child, Lord willing, will one day confess something to you. I mean, we are sinners, and we confess our sins to one another. And thank them for confessing that to you. Let them know you're a safe person. Point them to Jesus. Point them to how Jesus handled people and responded towards people who were sinners and who needed his grace and how he cared for them. Uh, remind them of God's good design. Uh, spend your your time highlighting God has something better for you than what you see on a screen. Mm. Uh, spend your time reminding them God wants so much more for you than what this offers. This is not for your good. And so we want to remind them, point them to Jesus, his desi- God's design for them, and invite them into a process of change. Say, hey, okay, how can we help make sure this doesn't happen again? What is it that led you to do that? Where was the decision before the decision? And how can we stop there so that we don't make that, so that you don't fall into that trap again and sin in that way? What does that look like? And invite them into a process of change where you're inviting them to take ownership of that. Now, all of that is built on the assumption that your, your child at that point is a believer in Jesus. And if they are a believer in Jesus, you, you have that. You point them to Jesus. You point them to God's word. You, you invite them to repent and trust God. If they're not a believer in Jesus, this is an opportunity to share the gospel and remind them of why Jesus came and why they need God's grace and forgiveness and remind them of his love for them and that if they turn from their sins and trust in Christ, they can be forgiven uh, of their sin. And so it's an opportunity for evangelism to, to mm-hmm. share Christ if you're if your child, your teen has not put their faith in Christ. And so uh, I think we need to decide beforehand and resolve as parents, how will I respond? What kind of parent will I be in that moment when what my child needs in that moment is a gracious, loving, honest, holy mom or dad who can step in and love them in that moment? We need a plan before, and how am I going to react? What kind of mom, what kind of dad will I be? Wow. I think, you know, responding in in a way like this through the lens of the gospel with love, grace, and truth, like you said, has a variety of different impacts Mm -hmm. on their relationship with their parents. Yeah. um, How they go about um, watching pornography, lust, Mm -hmm. sexual sin. And it also has a direct impact to their individual relationship with mm. God. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's so key. That's that's so good. Um, but we've reached the end of our episode. Um, Justin, thank you so much for, for sharing this and how to uh, help parents be prepared on going about you know, mm. situations and conversations like this. Um, uh, we hope that this has been helpful to you guys, um, here at city ref. We do provide resources. We have student ministry leaders, uh, kids ministry leaders who are able and willing to, to, to partner alongside you regarding this. 
Um, but again, we hope that this has been helpful and we'll see you soon on our next episode with this City Rev Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe or leave a rate and review. If you want more content or additional resources, head to cityrev.org or download our app. We hope you have a great day.